Hello, and welcome to the Nerd Roundtable with the Brothers Percival. Well, just one brother, Percival. My name is Matthew, and yes, we're still alive. We haven't updated the site recently due to real life getting quite busy for my New York counterpart. In the meantime, I'm going to get things going again with a new series called The Sit Down. It's just you, me, and whatever lovely topic has caught my eye lately. These first couple of talks are going to relate to a game I just recently finished playing called Life is Strange. Today we'll discuss some minor spoilers, and since it's a lovely game, I recommend playing it without spoilers. So if you want, go give the first episode a try on Steam for free and then come back. So, let's get started with today's topic, Choice and Consequence. Choice and Consequence has been one of the defining, unique traits of video games from the very beginning. In many games, the choices are presented as possible solutions to a problem. Mario needs to get past a Goomba. How do you do it? Missiles are raining down on your city. What order do you shoot them down in? Asteroids are surrounding your ship. How should you proceed? Well, the consequences in most games are simple. You either succeed or you fail. And they're usually tied directly to the execution of your choice. You choose to jump on the Goomba's head, but if you miss, Mario's in trouble. You may choose the right order to shoot at the missiles, but you need to aim properly. You either clear the asteroids, or you get smashed to pieces after a poorly timed hyperjump. In other cases, the gameplay's choices and consequences involve a little more critical thinking. One of my favorite examples of gameplay choice is in Halo Combat Evolved. Thanks to the two-weapon carry limit, the player is having to constantly make decisions on what weapon to take with him to the next encounter. And since the weapons are designed for pretty specific circumstances, your choice will have a major consequence on how your next fight goes, especially if you're not sure what kind of enemies you'll encounter. Do I take the powerful sniper rifle, despite its limited ammo? Or do I take the scoped pistol, which is much weaker but much more versatile? And what should my second weapon choice be? The plasma pistol for its charge shot? Or the hot pink needler for its usefulness against elites? Assuming you're on legendary mode, otherwise drop the needler, it's terrible. Gameplay choice is the most common version of this mechanic, but today we'll be focusing on narrative choice. Narrative choice is a staple of RPGs, especially Western RPGs in the post-KOTOR era. The player is faced with a decision that will have lasting effects on the rest of the narrative. Sometimes it'll be a binary good or evil choice, like in Fable and KOTOR. Sometimes it'll be a little more nuanced than that, like in the Mass Effect series. And sometimes it'll be a choice impacting the relationship between the player character and others, like in the Persona games and every Bioware game ever made. This aspect of choice and consequence has always excited me the most, creating narratives that are not only interacted with, but shaped by the player. Now, this is where, as a form of expression, video games are wholly unique. And in a time when the internet has given us all the ability and desire to create our own content, video games have the chance to become our culture's most beloved artistic medium. And that brings us to Life is Strange an episodic adventure game with some of the most successful uses of choice and consequence I've ever experienced. The story follows a high school senior girl named Max Caulfield, who discovers that she has the power to rewind time. With this newfound ability, Max rescues then reunites with her childhood friend Chloe, and together they try and solve the mystery of what happened to Chloe's friend Rachel, who went missing several months ago. Oh, and maybe the apocalypse is happening. So, with that setup, the game becomes a series of choices and consequences. During a scene, Max will sometimes have to make a choice, with the game pausing to let you think about it. In most games, the choice is final, unless you reload a save file. 
This can sometimes lead to unexpected and undesirable consequences. I lost count of the number of times I pick a dialogue option in Mass Effect only to have Commander Shepard take the conversation in a wildly different direction than I thought she would. And here's where Max's rewind power comes in. The game gives the player time after nearly every choice to rewind and try again. This way, you can see the consequences of each choice and decide which one you'd prefer. But after you leave the area, your choice is final. Now, this seems problematic at first glance. If you can play through each choice and see which one's better, where's the stakes? Well, there often isn't a better choice. These decisions are tough, with long-term consequences that are difficult to grapple with. An example. Early in the game, Chloe's stepfather David catches her with weed while you're hiding in her closet. Now, your first choice is to stay hidden. Consequence. Chloe and David get in a shouting match that culminates with David slapping Chloe. You've stayed out of trouble, but your best friend has gone through a terrible experience and can't help but be pretty upset with you. Option two, come out of hiding and take the blame for the weed. Consequence, Chloe is ecstatic that you stood up for her, but her stepfather is a paranoid security officer who works for your school. He could make your life a living hell. There's not a right choice there. They both have their own pros and cons, and those cons are murky enough to make predicting their full impact difficult. But one confrontation I had in a later episode resulted in Chloe having to do something extremely traumatic. It was only possible because of a particular set of circumstances. Circumstances that I had unknowingly set up with my choices. I had effectively made my best friend commit a terrible deed for which she would never forgive herself. It was my fault. And thanks to the rewind power, you have all the time in the world to reflect or stress over these impossible situations. Giving the player that period of reflection is crucial in these kinds of games. Now let's think back, if you've played this game, to the PS3 game Heavy Rain. It's structurally similar to Life is Strange. You walk your character around the environment, clicking on objects to hear what the character thinks about them, and sometimes you have to make choices or take actions that significantly alter the narrative. But Heavy Rain rarely gives you the time to think about your actions. Most of the scenes that could heavily change the story are basically quick-time action scenes, where you had to click buttons and wave your controller when prompted to keep your character alive. There was no time for reflection, no time to contemplate your situation, only constant panic and hope that the PS3's crappy motion controls wouldn't screw you over. And the consequences in this type of adventure game aren't near as dynamic and interesting. They feel more like a Mario game. You messed up the button prompt, so your character is dead. Yes, the narrative is altered, but it feels less like a collaboration between the player and the game, and more like a punishment for not being good enough at the game. And that's not the kind of feeling you want to foster in a narrative-driven game. So instead, Life is Strange focuses on the nature of the choices themselves, presenting you with the sort of moral and ethical quandaries that can make you learn quite a bit about yourself. What do you think is more important? Your friend's emotional well-being or the stability of her family? Is it good to have a gun for your own protection, or will you just risk escalating a confrontation? Are you willing to take part in a loved one's assisted suicide? It's in these moments, the kinds of decisions I hope I'll never have to make in real life, that Life is Strange absolutely thrives. Thankfully, the choices aren't always huge life-changing decisions. 
that would get exhausting real quick. Often the decision is over something mundane and pretty inconsequential. How much should I water my plant? Should I sign the school petition? What should I have for breakfast? These quieter choices aren't highlight material, but they immerse the player in Max's life, and this Twin Peaks Juno hybrid world that she lives in. Which is great because this setting and these characters are practically unheard of in video games. How often have you played a game from the perspective of a teenage girl in a story centered on the relationship between two young women? That relationship is the glue that ties this game together. Here's a golden rule to follow for not just video games, but all methods of storytelling. Consequences have no weight if you don't care about the characters that they affect. The video game Fable 2, for example, ends with one of those big moral decisions that Western RPGs are so fond of. At the end of the game's main story, you have to choose between receiving untold riches, saving the lives of thousands of innocents, or bringing your recently killed dog back to life. Now, I have no data to back me up, but I'll bet my life that most everyone chose the dog on their first playthrough. The dog is the only character in the game that the player forges a real emotional connection to. Meanwhile, the innocent people you can save are just shallow caricatures throughout the game, and the money is ridiculously easy to acquire. And this isn't a moral choice. It's a no-brainer. The only people who chose the other options were achievement hunters or people who hate dogs beyond all reason. But I deeply cared about Max and Chloe. For all of the game's flaws, of which there are many, the game's earnest characterization always shines through. Even with dialogue that occasionally sounds like adults pretending to be teenagers, Max and Chloe's relationship is authentic, complicated, and beautiful to watch unfold. I was fully invested in Max's increasingly desperate and dangerous attempts to protect her friend. I dearly wished for Chloe to grow and learn and find some peace in her life, and my choices as the player could make or break that wish. This is choice and consequence at its finest. When done right, it gives video games an emotional impact that film and literature could never replicate. Considering that it's been several days since I played its final episode and I still feel like I got punched in the gut, it's safe to say Life is Strange did right in a lot of ways. Now, there's so much more I want to talk about in regards to this game. It, it's mixed success at tackling some very serious topics, its unnecessary use of some more gamey conventions, and of course, its devastating and divisive final moments. But we'll get to those in later talks. For now, thanks for stopping by. If you're interested in trying out Life is Strange, it's available on PC, Xbox One, and PS4, and the first episode is free. If you have any interest in a video game storytelling potential, it is a necessary purchase. The music you've been listening to while I talked is from the Life is Strange soundtrack. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and visit our website at nerdroundtable.com. And also follow us on Twitter. We tweet occasionally at nerdroundtable. Thanks, and have a good one.